Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys, your prayers, and just everything you do to keep this podcast going, downloading it, sharing it on social media, on the platforms that enable truth and free speech. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today with a brand new guest of the podcast, actor, producer, author, and speaker, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. I'm good to be here, guys. It's uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out and getting a hold of me. I, 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 I also find it fascinating how some people track me down, but I think this came through either LinkedIn or somewhere, but it was, uh, it, w- it was great when I checked up into who you guys are. I love it. Yeah, Travis uh, tracked you down through LinkedIn. Um, we follow you, of course, uh, Twitter and uh, other the outlets, and that's what we want to start with today since there's censorship that has been pretty annoying and frustrating for a lot of Christians, a lot of conservatives. But you've found ways to get your voice and get the truth out there. So let's start with that before we touch on just some of the movies and TV shows that you've done. Uh, Kevin, you've got a brand new um, venue, or I wouldn't call it a venue, but it's a, a platform, sorbos.locals.com. Could you explain what that is and why you and Sam are doing it? It's, you know, I, I started kind of doing it by myself. They reached out to me, and um, they said, hey, you want to be part of this group? And I went and checked out what they're doing. I love what they're doing. And it's just a great place to connect with people and do little videos and uh, little blurbs. It's just like you know, a social app. And, but the only difference is uh, difference between Facebook and Twitter. You can actually say things that are truth, and you won't get banned for it. So, <laughs> um, uh, Facebook Facebook took me down about four or five weeks ago without giving me any warning. They'd give, they'd give me warnings enough over the last three years wow. saying, you can't say that. And I go, what do you mean I can't say that? You know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing what's going on that this wussy Zuckerberg guy has more power over the First Amendment than our government does. and But the thing is, we're going to go after him. I live in Florida here, and DeSantis has got a big fight going with him. And he said, how do you want to do a lawsuit with Hercules up against Zuckerberg? And I said, sign me up right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I did see an encouraging headline just before I got on the air with you today. Um, Apple is reinstating Parler to the App Store after removing Parler following the Capitol event. They, they're calling it a riot. Um, what's your take on all the things that have transpired since, um, well, forget COVID last year and the election. Let's just talk about what happened on January 6th and how they're now trying to frame Christians and conservatives as, and nationalism as something really bad or evil, like we're domestic terrorists or something. Because they're evil, and that's what they do. They, they love war. They love fighting. They love creating turmoil. There's a video on, on the lovely Pelosi about two years ago when somebody asked her about smear campaigns. She goes, well, that's easy to do. We smear people. We'll make up something about somebody and you guys will run it. And then pretty soon people will believe it. She says it. it's her face right there in camera. They admit to doing what they do. And you see this Maxine, this, this Waters or whatever the heck that person is in California. She's out there telling people to keep riding, to keep doing it. They love the violence. CNN mm. does it. Cuomo does it. They sit there and tell people to get out there and do it. And they don't even call it rioting. 
You know, you, you never guy sitting there standing there in CNN and you can see buildings exploding behind him. He says, look at this wonderful, peaceful protest going on right now. But if, if it happens, with the, there were some bozos, no question, that were Trump supporters that stormed into the Capitol building. But there were also anti-Trump people. There were BLM people. There were Antifa people. And now that's out there on video. These guys admitted it, that they're doing it. But does the, does the press cover that? Of course they don't cover that. They, 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 have a, they have a narrative they want to stick to, and they're going to just make up lies all they want. And they're doing it, and they're not going to stop. That's right. And you're not exaggerating, by the way. This is actually what's been happening. But they can get away with it. Let's talk about this, Kevin. Um, they can get away with it. They, they justify their hypocrisy or even their cognitive dissonance. And because they don't hold to the same moral code or the same standards of, you know, God, absolute truth, biblical principles, they can do whatever they want. And they justify godlessness is really what we're seeing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. There's no question. I mean, it's, it's pure evil. What, what's going on out there right now? It's unbelievable. My wife, when I was so angry about the, the election with the voter fraud, the <laughs> voter fraud has been ever, but it was so blatant, yes. so obvious as brown. I mean, Trump won every category and everything that, that every president before has got reelected. He had 15 million more votes than he had in the previous election, and he still lost. Are you kidding me? I know. But you can't even say that. I was talking about that on Facebook. That's why they took me down as well. And my wife says, Kevin, why would they care about voter fraud? This is the same party that believes it's okay to go inside a woman who's six months pregnant and rip the arms and legs off a baby and murder it in the womb. Yep. And I said, wow, right. Yeah, why would they care about voter fraud? Exactly. You know? um, they, well, they don't care as much about truth. They just care about power. And um, yeah. one thing I wanted to talk to you about is the other platforms that you've found, because we've been directing people to sources, resources where they can get truth. We've got 150 links up on our website, standupforthetruth.com. People can go and get the information. And But what about when they want to express themselves or share truthful stories, whether it be about masks or COVID or the election or Christianity or abortion or anything else, religious freedom. You mentioned Clout Hub and Free Space. Uh, what else can you tell us about these things? They're great places to go. Free Space is run by a, a group of guys that are Christians. They're conservatives. They've got it set up or you can post whatever the heck you want. You will not be taken down. Um, you can go to the same thing at Clout Hub. That's like I have a lot of clout and it's a hub, so Clout Hub. I'm, I'm on those places as well. So and I and I post a lot. I'm still on Twitter and uh, Twitter. Twitter banned me. They took away probably about 400,000 people at one time. Wow. And now it's built back up. It's built back up, closing in on 600,000 again. Good. So what I do is post one and two sentences uh, that are just they're sarcastic, but they're humorous. <laughs> and there's no reason there's no reason for Twitter to find a place right now to take me down. I get I get them sending me emails every day saying, well, uh, so-and-so complained about you, but we found nothing in there that went against the guidelines. And of course they didn't. But you got these trolls out there, these people that are so unhappy with their own life. Yeah. They don't like who they are. They don't like their jobs. They don't like if they have one. They don't like their relationships if they have one. These people are so pathetic, and they're angry uh, in their hatred. Uh, they just pick on people like you and me, and they go after me. And shouldn't go after me because I'm a celebrity. And uh, they they – they think that their anger is going to affect me. I laugh at these guys. I find it, I find it sad. I should pray for them at the same time. But their anger directed to me only makes themselves 
fallen more and more into the dark hole of world that they live in. And it's really sad that these people, that's all they have in their life to do is go after people like me. But, you know, let them come after me. It's fine. So is your philosophy that, and mine is, that you stay on whatever platform you're on, you try to speak as freely as you can about truth and everything else that's concerning to Christians, conservatives, and just people in general, until they delete you or ban you or take you off? Are you going to stay on there while you're trying to get on new platforms? Um, yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm not, I mean, I, on, on Facebook, it was just, you know, it's funny because I, I questioned COVID. I questioned voter fraud. I questioned the, the pro-choice movement. I go, what choice is that? Is it the choices between murder or, or life, really? Those are the two choices. So, right. um, yeah, I questioned things. And I would, a lot of things on COVID, I would say, hey, look what these doctors are saying about it. Or look what these guys are saying about wearing masks and how they don't do anything. And, and you know, here's about climate, climate change, guys. Check this out. You know, but you can't you can only have one side of the issue because they own 95 percent of the of the media. And you've got all these Hollywood bozos that that back them up. And it's just this is the battle we got going on. But I'm going to keep fighting it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your voice. And I know you've been at this for a long time. Uh, let's go back to your early career and talk a little bit about uh, just some of the movies you've done, some of the television shows briefly. Um, the most recent one you've that was released is it the girl who believes in miracles is that the most recent yeah i did that with peter coyote and mira sorvino and it's been out this is the third week it's out right now wonderful family movie it's about a girl that goes to in our church and her pastor talks about you know have the faith of a mustard seed you can move a mountain the original title was the mustard seed i don't know why they changed it i thought that was a good title yeah but uh anyway she starts uh she starts praying and it's the faith of a child right Mm. Um, you know, children have a lot more faith in everything than we do. You know, they, they, they haven't got, they haven't grown up to become, you know, cynical. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, filled with, and filled with apathy, which I think is the biggest killer out there right now within the Christian world and conservative world. And we need to fight back with the same passion that they do on the left, but without all the anger and hatred and divisiveness. But yes. we need that same passion. Yes. You know, Dietrich but, Bonhoeffer. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a wonderful movie. So I hope people go check it out. And uh, I've got two other new ones coming up that are done in the can. One's called One Nation Under God. Excellent. Um, I play a school uh, coach that at, uh, has a debate class after school. And I kind of sneak it in there about, hey, what if we take two sides on One Nation Under God about putting that back into our, our Pledge of Allegiance in schools? And the other one I directed and acted and called uh, Miracle in East Texas. It's a true story set in 1930. And I uh, directed it along with uh, Lou Gossett Jr. and John Ratzenberger, and it's a wonderful movie, and we're going to have it out in theaters this summer. Uh, which one is that, Kevin? What's it called? It's called Miracle in East Texas. It's a true story set in 1930 about the largest oil find in the history of the world in Kilgore, Texas. And um, it's, a, uh, it's won everything from best romantic comedy to best faith-based film to judges' favorite. I love the fact they can pigeonhole it. So I, put it I put it in the vein of sort of like a blindside. Um, the Sandra Bullock movie about uh, yeah. if you ever saw that movie, and because that's the type of movie that everybody will go see. Yes, I mean I like what the Kendrick brothers do, but you know they preach to the choir, which is fine. I want I want to preach to everybody and, and make it sound like I'm not preaching. Just get it out there and say, hey guys, here's a wonderful movie. You know, because people that saw Blindside said, hey, that was a great movie about the Christian family taking that after American kid. Well, people that that didn't that atheist agnostic said, no, it was a good football movie, man. Yeah, so those are the <laughs> Those are the kind of movies I want to do where the message is going to sneak up on them and go, wow, you know, for whatever reason, they're going to know that movie had a message of hope in it. Excellent. Hey, wanted to ask you about the roles that you played in two particular movies, and God's Not Dead. You 
played this leftist yep. professor. And in The Girl Who Believes in Miracles, didn't you play a doctor who was kind of like a skeptic? Are, are, those weren't really similar, but in a way they are. How do you prepare for roles like that? Well, I think an even a bigger similar role to God's Not Dead would be my movie Let There Be Light that came out in theaters uh, about That's two right. years ago. That's right. Yes. Now, highly and that and that one I play the world's greatest atheist. He's the guy that's the, he's like a Dawkins or a Hitchens or a Singer, where he's debated all the you know all, all the great uh, Christian leaders and, or apologetic uh, people of the world, and uh, has a life changing event that challenges his worldview. So you know it really comes down to the writing, and I know people like that. And I know people that harbor that kind of anger that um, like in, in God's Not Dead with Professor Radisson, when he was a child, his mother died of cancer, even though he prayed his dreams, his prayers weren't answered or answered the way he wanted them to be answered. And I know people like that have lost loved ones in their lives and they, they say the heck with God. I'm not going to believe in God anymore. And, um, you know, that's that, that crisis of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's funny. Somebody, I've had a couple of people write to me and saying, saying, you played two atheists now, and I go, "Well, here's the news break: there are more than two atheists in the world." Okay? So, I mean, it, it, but but it's—I uh, don't know. It, these movies—they're so well written. The guys that I did *God's Not Dead* with, I did a movie with them that I think is better. I've shot over 60 movies since my *Hercules* and *Andromeda* days. Wow! And uh, but what if? What if it came out about three years before *God's Not Dead*? Yep. And Pure Flux just didn't do a job of promoting it. And here's 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 the tough thing we got in the independent world. We do movies in the three to four million dollar range, and people right. think that's a lot of money. That's catering budget. I'm yeah, the Caribbean. <laughs> exactly. Hundred million dollar movies, and then they put a hundred million dollars into promoting it. We maybe can scrape maybe a million dollars to get get the movie into four or five hundred screens. Mm. We need people out there to support these movies. Yes, because I'm telling you. Oh, AMC doesn't care what they put on the screens. They want to sell popcorn and sodas. Mm-hmm. And if we don't if we don't get out there and support these movies, Hollywood is going to win. And politics is downstream of culture. Culture is run by Hollywood, guys. That's so right. we need to wake up. That's right. Didn't I see something on your website about uh, Sorbo Family Studios? What is that? That is our new studio. Well, we started a couple of years ago. SorboFamilyFilmStudios.com. Please, people listening, write this down. Sorbo Family Film Studios. Dot com. We're going to shorten it, but that's what it is right now. <laughs> and you can leave your name and you know, leave your email and stuff. We'll keep up to date what's going on. And uh, it's our it's our studio that we're just going to do keep doing movies that are GMPG rated. I've got four movies lined up this year. I'm in the Ronald Reagan movie. Reagan is being played by by um, uh, Dennis Quaid. I'm oh, yeah. playing his pastor. Yeah. And I've I've been reunited with the same director. Awesome. Um, and where that did Soul Surfer. We did Soul Surfer together as well. So yeah. I hope people will check out the movie when it comes out early next year. So, Kevin, briefly, uh, let's talk about TV really quick. You did Hercules, of course, the one that a lot of listeners know you from, The Legendary Journeys. Plus, my producer, my the guy in the room right here is saying, talk, to, talk about Andromeda. But um, he, he wants to say hello. But I really want to ask you about 111 episodes of Hercules. I think you said uh, 110 Andromeda, if I'm not mistaken. And... You had a, an aneurysm and three strokes, and you just said to me you've done 40 film projects in recent years. I mean, how are you doing this, and how is your, how is your health? <laughs> uh, health is good. It took me three years to recover. It was at the end of season five in Hercules. I had an aneurysm that I was unaware of that opened up my body. Um, almost lost my left arm to all the blood clots running through it, but uh, 
series of strokes worked their way into my brain. Actually, it was four strokes, but the one stroke in my speech dissolved on the way to the hospital, thank God. Wow. But I still I still have a 10% loss of vision in both eyes. But it took me three years to fully recover to get past uh, the balance issues. I had to learn how to walk and balance. It took four months of intensive rehab to learn how to stand up again without looking like I was drunk. And um, it was a long road. And I wrote mm-hmm. a book called True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. And, um, you know, people can go to kevinsorbo.net and they can order an autographed copy. Um, I do a lot of speaking events on health and uh, uh, medical. I do a lot of motivational speaking. I'm actually leaving this weekend. I'm, I'm taking off for Lincoln, Nebraska. I'll, I'll be doing a pro-life speaking event there. Then I'll be speaking, speaking at church in Dallas after that and doing another pro-life speaking event in San Antonio. So I got three speaking events over an eight-day period. So I'm on the road a bit. But uh, it was a long road. But, I mean, you know, uh, through my faith and through the strength that I had at the time, because I obviously was in great shape and Hercules when I was in my thirties and, uh, my, my wife by my side, uh, you know, and family and friends, uh, yeah, I got through it and it was, but it was a long road. There's no question. That's what I wanted to ask you about when, when you were engaged to Sam, um, I don't know where I read this cause I copied these down in my notes. You credit Sam's tough love, encouragement and relentless optimism and constantly nagging, for pulling you through some of these worst episodes in your recovery. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, you know, I think we're, you know, we're all going to hit a roadblock. And I'm sure your listeners have hit roadblocks in their life, life and if they haven't, they will. And um, <laughs> how do you react to that roadblock? Because I had faith. I've always had faith. I grew up a Christian, and um, I've always had faith in my life. But I never needed faith until this, this, this you know, this tragedy hit me. Mm. And uh, you go through those. You know, you blame God. You blame family, friends, realities. you got to look in the mirror. And uh, every time I got down, my wife just said, Kevin, it happened. What are you going to do about it? And she's right. It happened. Am I going to sit there and whine about it? Am I going to find true strength came from the title, um, came from the fact that I played Hercules, and I had a bunch of stunt guys making me look like a big stud. I mean, you know, I'm, I, was good at, I was good at my fight scenes. I did 90% of my own stunts because I loved it. You know, I'm a jock that grew up playing football and basketball and baseball, and I loved, I loved that. It was just fun. But the reality is, you have to find your own true strength to not let anyone set you limitations mm. because it's easy to whine and just give up on life. But the reality is you got to kick forward. I never wanted to write the book. My wife made me do it. She said, Kevin, you don't understand how important this would be to people. And she was right. Uh, when the book first came out, I would be at book signings all across the country. And I would have people of all ages, heart attack survivors, cancer survivors, car crash, whatever it was, saying, your book made me stop feeling sorry for myself. Wow. And it's, not, it's a book that's got a lot of humor in it. It's got a lot of anecdotes, a lot of stories in there. It's semi-autobiographical as well. Um, there's other people who wrote some of the chapters that are close to me in my life. And uh, it, it's a wonderful book. So I hope they can pick up True Strength. My wife and I just did a follow-up book that just came out this year, and it's called True Faith. And um, it's just a good follow-up to True Strength. And it's been... An amazing ride for me. I, I'm telling you, I'm very fortunate. And by the way, I got to throw in real quick. Sure. I, I we just got funded for the next Left Behind movie. I'm directing and starring in the next Left Behind movie. We're shooting in July and August in Louisiana. Wow! Praise God. Good news. Yep. Hey, uh, Kevin, who do you follow on social media? Um, you know, there's quite a mixture of people that I that I that I follow. I mean, I Franklin Graham's a friend of mine. I follow him. Charlie Kirk's a good friend of mine. He and I spoke at Liberty University last year, which was a blast. Awesome. Uh, my my pastor, Rob McCoy, is just an awesome, awesome soldier for God. He's, an, he's a great guy. Um, just a lot of my friends back home as well. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota. I'm your arch rival state with the Vikings. So um, <laughs> it was, uh, 
I, I got friends I've known since kindergarten, and we're still buddies to this day. We get together every year to exchange war stories and, you know, talk about all the glory days and uh, how the fish get bigger, you know. So, um, I, you know, I just I mix you guys. There's politicians. I follow Trump. I was just in Mar-a-Lago Mar- on Saturday night. I got an amazing photo with me and Pompeo and President Trump and the best governor in America, DeSantis. And, awesome. Uh, it's a great it's a great photo. I'll be posting it very shortly. So uh, um, I've been very fortunate to meet the people I've met in my life. And President Trump said that, that he re- he retweeted me about 10 times during the election. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Awesome. Not many people can say they got retweeted by Trump. Hey, last question, Kevin, and we appreciate your time. KevinSorbo.net. If you guys want to connect with him, find out what he's up to. Um, you were at CPAC in Orlando, I think, last month. You, you did really... The Internet is good for a lot of things, and one thing is tracking down info and interviews. It's um, it really, in my opinion, an amazing interview with Defend Florida. It was just six minutes long, but you shared so many nuggets of truth. You talked about the cancel culture. You talked about religious freedom. You talked about never giving up, but also the fact that your Hollywood manager and agent let you go because of your conservative views, and they're supposed to be tolerant, right? Can you wrap it up and share a little bit about that, how that went for you, and what you did to overcome that? Yeah, it makes me sad. My, my, my manager actually was very sad about it all, you know? I mean, she's the opposite I am politically, and uh, uh, but she said, you know, I believe people should have the right to say what they want. She goes, but, I, you know, I, I, everywhere I call in Hollywood, they're going, no, I won't work with them. And, you know, it, we're in, it's in an industry that always screams for tolerance and freedom of speech. Right. You hear it all the time. You must be tolerant of this and tolerant of that. That's a one-way street with them, which is really sad to me because I don't harbor that anger and hatred to the left that they harbor towards people like me. Mm. To me, it's like, let's have a conversation about it because everything to do, they, they say they want peace. They don't want peace. They love the war. They love the anger. They love what they're doing out there. I mean, defund the police, really? Black Lives Matter. People looked into what, what they really stand for. I have their manifesto printed out. They took it down off the Internet. But yep. their manifesto sits right at the top. We are Marxists. We yep. believe in communism. We believe in, and we believe in destruction of religion. We want to get rid of God. We want to get rid of the family unit. They believe that women getting pregnant is called slavery. Mm. They take all this stuff down. And we, we have these major, major companies donating millions to them because of what? Because of pressure and political correctness? It's crazy what we're doing in the country right now. It's crazy, and it's just insane what we're doing, even with the COVID and everything right now. Is it real? Yes, it's real. But we know who we need to protect, those elderly people and those people that have pre-existing conditions. I had it. It lasted two days. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's a bad flu season, and, but we're making it out to just to scare people around the world. And look what we've done to people. Yes. Suicide rates doubled. Hmm. Spousal abuse is skyrocketing. Child abuse is skyrocketing. I mean, it's, it's crazy what we're doing. The cure is worse than with the actual disease itself. And what do we do? People walk around double mask while they're outside. Yes. That's insanity. I know. It's insanity. I have two doctor friends of mine. I won't name them. And I won't name big hospital I work at. And they said they got to keep their mouths shut. They said the mask, don't do anything, Kevin. The virus goes right through it. Wow. It's just unbelievable. I get to the airplane. I got to stand six feet apart when I'm in line. But the minute I sit in the economy, I got 29 people within six feet of me. That's Shoulder right. to shoulder front of me but when we leave the airplane let's stay six feet apart one row at a time what where's the logic in that? i know okay, my rant i'm sorry no that's okay i'm, I'm glad i'm happy to trigger you because i think we need to be talk- it's common sense and we need to be talking asking these questions but they shut you down but kevin i really want to honor your time we appreciate it we'll try to track you down when the next 
project comes out that you're in or directed or produced. So God bless you and Sam, and keep fighting the good fight, brother. All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, when my movie, my movie comes out later this summer, let's get together again for a miracle in East Texas. I will take you up on that. Thank you. Oh, quick, quick. I got to say two more things. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I've got number one documentary on Amazon. It's been that way for months and months. It's called Before the Wrath, like the wrath of God. Yes. BeforeTheWrath.com. It's on the book of Revelation. It's amazing. And my other one that just came out, I did with John Lennox. He's an apologist. And it's called Against the Tide. Go to againstthetide.movie. John Lennox is a math professor, retired from Oxford University. He has debated those atheists wow. like Singer and Dawkins and Hitchens. And we spent three weeks in Oxford, two weeks in, in Israel. It's unbelievable. If anything, it's a great travel guide. Just check it out for that. But I call it apologetics for dummies like me. This will give you amazing bullet points to defend your faith in a world that says science uh, disproves God. You know what? Science only proves God exists. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for that. We will look those up and promote those as well. Thank you, Kevin Sorbo. All right. Take care. Right, you sure. too. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, we're, we've got some more stories to talk about on the issue of religious freedom and cancel culture and more on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, what a blessing to be able to speak with Kevin Sorbo. As you know, we've spoken with Sam Sorbo a couple times about homeschooling. And uh, what a power couple, huh? Conservative, Christian, and so busy in their, um, first of their ministries, their careers. And I'm just so thankful we got a chance to connect. I want to go to our list of 150 links for Christians, conservatives, resources at standupforthetruth.com, and uh, it's over 150 now, but we are on the W's. We've been going through the alphabet of recommended resources. We started with the A's, accuracy and media. We're going to go all the way through here. Wall Builders, Walter Martin, Washington Examiner, The Washington Free Beacon, Washington Times, Watchman Fellowship, James Walker, we've had him on the podcast, we recommend Webster's 1828 Dictionary before the world started redefining terms and language and definitions. Um, Wisconsin Christian News, the Wisconsin Family Action or Wisconsin Family Council, WorldNet Daily, and we can give you the last one on the list, Zero Hedge. So we now have gone through the entire alphabet of recommended resources and we will also try to keep sharing this. You guys know you can share them, and that helps people get to the truth and from a biblical worldview. Okay, let's go on now. A couple stories on masks that I thought was interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. I've got something from a local hospital. Oh, so disappointing. But since we just talked with Kevin Sorbo, I just saw this headline and this story. Oscar producer admits that large numbers of Americans turn off the TV when celebrities talk politics. So this is kind of interesting. Not surprising, though. I think when, oh, there's how many award shows are there? There's Oscars, Emmys, uh, Tonys, and SAG Awards, People's Choice Awards, and there's everybody awarding somebody in Hollywood, scratching each other's back, right, patting each other on the back, and then they get up there to accept an award, and they talk about politics. I mean, gosh, isn't it disappointing? 
because you have your favorite actors or actresses. You go see a good movie, a family-friendly movie, maybe. I know that's rare. And then they win an award, and they get up there, and, and they you know say something. In the last four years, they would say something about Trump and or conservatives or Christians. Anyway, it's just disappointing. And we know that, I don't know how Kevin Sorbo um, made it as long as he did trying to work in that environment. I like independent films. I know you guys do too. Well, I'm thankful for some of these independent films. By the way, we will put the links in the podcast notes at standupforthetruth.com of um, the ones that he mentioned. I really want to have you guys uh, look these up. Against the Tide and Before the Wrath. I will put those links up. I'm glad he mentioned those. You reminded me of those. So it's not surprising that we're turning up. I just read another article. I think the other day I shared it on the podcast last week, I should say, on people tuning out professional sports. It's not just Hollywood and TV and movies. They're tuning out professional sports because of the politics, meaning they're boycotting the national anthem because a lot of them grow up think, being taught America is an evil place and the Constitution is you know, as, as bad somehow. It's not based on Judeo-Christian principles. Actually, even if it was, Judeo-Christianity is wrong. The Bible is intolerant and, you know, it goes on and on. But the Black Lives Matter movement and phenomena has had such an impact on culture and corporations. And part of that is through professional sports. So thank you, if you're like me in the last several years, thank you for turning it off, for not even watching anymore, not even just entertaining their their hypocrisy. Let's just call it what it is. And godlessness, because it is a, a godless, anti-Christian worldview, what many of them are promoting and supporting. Um, and lies. They're really uh, reaching young people, deceiving a lot of people. So now this story, brand new, breaking story. A college out of the Ozarks is suing the Biden administration over their executive order that puts biological males in female dorms. Unfortunately, this is what they have to do now. Unfortunately, they've got to take these lawsuits out and, and have that expense and cost of going to court, unfortunately. But that's where we are as a society, right? So they're going to court because they don't want males, men who say they're transgender, men who say they're female, to, be, to live in female dorms. Same things we've been dealing with with the college um, sports, high school sports, boys competing against girls, biological boys, I should say, males. Um, and it's just this is where we're at. And it all went back years ago, the transgender agenda, which I remind you is part of the LGBT. There it is. T. It's been there for a long time. Now they found the perfect storm where they can roll it out when our culture and our country has gone down the road of moral relativism and hyper-moral relativism. And, I mean, it's, this is just extreme. It's a departure from the truth. It is actually suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And they suppress the truth of creation. Remove God as creator. I know you've heard this before. Remove God as creator then you don't have Genesis, you don't have him creating us male and female, and then you don't have the establishment of the family, of marriage, and Jesus, by the way, in two different Gospels, I think, defined marriage between one man and one woman, and you got to remove all that and go down this bandwagon of moral relativism, and you can be whatever sex or gender you, 
you want. You can go back and you can change. What about the damage that this is causing young people today? Kevin Sorbo in the first segment talked about the suicide rate skyrocketing. Well, it's not just because of COVID and being isolated and shutdown orders and all this. Yes, it's part of it. Covering up your faces with masks, that's part of it. But it's this removal of truth and healthy lifestyles, family. And it's just saying, no, you can now you can be whatever. You and oh, anyway. I hope you had a chance to listen to our interview with uh, Stephen Black um, about freedom from homosexuality. And uh, he shared a lot of truth nuggets in yesterday's podcast. But anyway, so this college is suing, and the Alliance Defending Freedom, a religious liberty legal group, helped them uh, file a lawsuit in in Missouri on behalf of the college. And um, they claim that Biden's Anti-Discrimination Act requires private religious colleges to place biological males in female dormitories and assign them as females? Roommates? Really? So they're looking into that. We'll let you know when we hear anything about that lawsuit. But Joe Biden's executive order would ban the college from continuing the practice of keeping sexes, male and female, separate. It really violates the First Amendment, uh, First Amendment protected rights. And uh, so that's all I'll say about that. Um, Another story that came out. Now, this is interesting. China. This could be in America. Listen to this headline. This could be in America. Put CNN in in the place of China. China launches hotline to report people for mistaken opinions. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. This is how ridiculous it's becoming. But they're a, a communist nation. Chinese Communist Party. They don't want truthful information. They don't want factual information to come out, right? And they're great at covering it up. They're great at, you know, controlling their people. Oh, my goodness. We hope that most Internet users will play an active role in supervising society and enthusiastically report harmful information. Well, I I would hope that, too, in America, but it's just kind of turned the other way. Um, Okay. There's just a couple of headlines before I got to the masks. Now, this is a touchy subject with a lot of people. The state of Oregon and elections have consequences. You can file that, this story under that uh, category. Oregon is considering an indefinite extension of masks and social distancing for businesses. This came out yesterday. Michael Wood, Oregon's Department of Occupational Safety and Health, is considering indefinitely extending required mask wearing and social distancing. Oh, my goodness. Um, if approved, the rules stay in effect on the masks and social distancing. If approved, these rules stay in effect, these mandates, rules, restrictions, until they are, quote, no longer necessary to address the effects of the pandemic in the workplace. He said this is necessary due to a technicality in state law that requires a permanent rule to prohibit restrictions from expiring. The proposal did set off a flurry of outrage, no kidding, from citizens and, of course, objections from the few Republican lawmakers in Oregon. Will, I'm sorry, when will masks be unnecessary? And that's a question. If you have not seen Jim Jordan grill Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, 
um, a couple days ago. You've got to look that up. I think we posted that on the StandUpForTheTruth.com Facebook page. I did put it on my personal Facebook if uh, we're friends and uh, on the author, my author page. But it's Jim Jordan says things, has Fauci things like, so two weeks to slow the spread it was just a year ago. That has turned into a year of lost liberty. And this is worth your time, friends. It's uh, over at discern.com, D-I-S-R-N.com, uh, another website we recommend. So what scientific studies do these mandates rely on? Fair question, but you'll get criticized for asking it, for simply asking questions now. We are called we, science haters or deniers or whatever, right? When or, or what scientific studies do these mandates rely on? Particularly now that the vaccine is available, freely available. Um, so these are just, and businesses, most police officers don't want to be mask cops. You know, they, but they've been forcefully for a year now. They've had to because of in certain states. Um, nobody wants to be, well, some people enjoy the power trip, but most people do not like being masked Nazis. But, okay, now on to this next study now. Uh, how much time do I have? Uh, just a couple minutes. Let me just show you, before I get to this article, Stanford, Stanford study. Face masks are ineffective to block transmission of COVID-19 and actually cause or can cause health deterioration and premature death. And I was talking with a friend the other day about what about pregnant women? The baby relies on the oxygen from the mother. What about the effect? Wait till those studies, actually, they'll be censored and banned and suppressed. But wait until we, we try to hopefully get some studies that how these masks and how th it affected the lack of oxygen intake. So over at Bell and Health, I got to get this before we run out of time in this segment. Bell and Hospital has on their tables in the cafeteria, it says, it's a thing on the table. It says, for the safety of yourself and others, please keep mask on unless actively eating. So I understand that. It's a hospital cafeteria. Okay, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And then there's a sign on every table that says, doing the right thing is everyone's responsibility. We have set up the tables and chairs for physical distancing. Do not move chairs. Do not make someone hold you accountable. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, again, I'll, we can kind of give them a little slack, cut them a little slack. This is a cafeteria in a hospital, but the message is very clear. So now they sent out, a friend of mine sent me this fax uh, for females, frequently asked questions. What are the statistics telling us? Uh-oh, use that word, statistics. When the left uses that word, we have to say uh, facts or statistics. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Remember the Princess Bride? Okay. So Bellin's goal, the hospital, is to vaccinate 85% of its employees with the COVID-19 vaccine. Currently, about 66% of employees are vaccinated. And it says why women of childbearing age should be vaccinated or why should they be? 
It says it prevents against the higher complications of COVID-19. Now, these are claims. I'm not sure if there's enough research to say if this is true or not. It prevents against higher rates of preterm birth and stillborn births. Vaccine manufacturers are working on a trial enrollment of pregnant patients. Doesn't say there's any facts or history there. They're working on it. So there's limited research there. Also, there's no scientific evidence, they say, that the vaccine decreases fertility or increases the number of miscarriages. There's no evidence yet because it hasn't been enough time. The vaccines just came out. Okay, i got to put a mark there because we've got to take another break. But when we come back, we'll continue this uh, topic of masks and vaccines and what hospitals are saying and what this new study at Stanford says when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, welcome back. I'm not sure if we'll get through everything um, that I have here, but there's enough to talk about. Let's talk about that um, fact sheet that one of the local hospitals put out, pretty major hospital, um, now, why women should be vaccinated when contemplating pregnancy? Now, this is interesting. Now, we were talking about masks earlier and how that might affect uh, the oxygen to the growing, living, breathing. Uh, well, they breathe through the mother, right? A baby in the womb. So it says these vaccines do not use fetal tissue in the vaccine production. That's the mRNA vaccine. The Vatican... Well, I don't know where this is. This is at a, a secular hospital. The Vatican does support vaccination efforts of all types around the world. Who cares if the Vatican supports vaccines? Does anyone find that odd that this is at a hospital, a public hospital? So um, and the Vatican supports vaccines as a moral obligation for the common good. There it is. The virtue signaling. It's a moral obligation. You don't love your neighbor if you don't get vaccinated. You don't love your neighbor if you don't wear a mask. You don't love your neighbor if you don't social distance. You don't love your neighbor if you don't sacrifice for the good, the common good. So you can't be a Christian or you're sinning. You don't love your neighbor. Sadly, though, I, I say that partly in jest, but sadly we do hear that from some even in the Christian community. So let's go on this list here. And it's a long list, so I'm going to get to a couple others. Um, Let's see. Vaccination prior to future pregnancies would provide protection from COVID-19 during future pregnancies. My simple question is, how do they know that? How did they come to that conclusion? I know this is a hospital putting out this information, but is there enough time and testing and research to make this claim. Uh, friends, there's a lot of claims being made out there about what vaccines can or cannot do. Um, so prior to future pregnancies, a vaccination would provide protection from COVID? During future pregnancies? Well, I heard that another vaccine is going to come out, then you're going to have to take that one. Um, so anyway, um, now it's talking about during pregnancy so let's just move on now. We've, I think we made our point. When you hear claims, understand these vaccines. I mean, it was the, the Trump administration, Operation Warp Speed. Do you think 
I'm not saying they did anything wrong to try to get these going, to kickstart these vaccines and the research. But do you think the uh, inadequate amount of time was spent testing and researching, finding out the effects or side effects? We're hearing things now. Um, You know, Johnson and Johnson, for one, paused their vaccine because of side effects and blood clots and things like that. We've heard other things. There have been people that have died. Not a lot, but there have been people you will never hear that in the media. Um, the media activists will never put that out. So now let's go to this article, the Stanford study released by the NCBI, which is the National Institutes of Health. Uh, they showed that masks don't do anything to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and their use is even harmful. Now, there's a one doctor here, um, by Dr. Baruch Vanschelboim. Boy, I, I'm, I'm close on that, but I'm not sure I quite got the pronunciation. Cardiology Division, Veterans Affairs uh, and at Stanford University, Palo Alto. Uh, so this is a peer-reviewed study done by Stanford University that demonstrates— beyond, Now, this is—understand, this is a liberal, leftist, progressive university and not exactly a beacon for free speech and, and, and critical thinking and truth— but they put out this study um, at Stanford. It demonstrates beyond a reasonable doubt, according to this article, that face masks have absolutely zero chance of preventing the spread of COVID-19. It was posted on the National Center for Biotechnological Information government website. Now, this is a head-scratcher. So one would think, wouldn't one, that such a study would be widely reported by the Democrat media and embraced by the, quote, science-loving folks in big tech. Remember, we're anti-science, so this was done by Stanford. You would think you would hear about this, but a DuckDuckGo, which I get rid of Google and use DuckDuckGo as a search engine on uh, your computers and on your iPhones, wherever else, a search on DuckDuckGo reveals that this study at Stanford was picked up by, want to know how many media outlets and big tech? Zero. Zero. So let's ask the next logical question. Why do you think that is? That the media wants to continue this, um, the panic porn, continue to instill fear and all the fear-mongering. It's all about COVID cases, and, and, and even though there's high testing, there's more cases, positive cases, and they're not keeping the deaths in perspective of the amount of uh, vaccines and the amount of people that have had COVID and the amount of people and the age. They're not giving, making age a factor. They're not mentioning the nursing home deaths, and they're just putting lumping it all into one, saying that big, massive number of deaths should concern the world. Well, no. Uh, no, so far, according to this, was this yesterday? Yes, this came out yesterday. No news media outlets, no mainstream media, liberal media, Democrat media, uh, activist outlets or big tech tyrants will post it or, or publish it. And if you hear someone talk about it, let me know. I would love to give them credit, even if it's one of the main networks, if they mention it, if they give any mention at all. Um, so we've got 10 minutes left or something like that. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, a political strategist, his name is Steve Cortez. 
learned the hard way. He posted a tweet that went against the face mask narrative. The tweet itself featured a quote and a link that prompted Twitter to suspend his account, possibly indefinitely. Tolerance from big tech, right? Many countries across the globe utilize medical and non-medical face masks as non-pharmaceutical intervention for reducing the transmission and ineffectivity of coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. Although scientific evidence supporting face masks efficiency is lacking, efficacy is lacking adverse psychological, physiological, and health effects are established. It has been hypothesized that face masks have compromised safety and efficacy profile, and it should be and should be avoided from use. The current article comprehensively summarizes scientific evidences with respect to wearing face masks in the COVID-19 era, providing proper information for public health and decision-making. Now, I, I could read you the conclusion, but I, we, we need to move on. I'm going to put this in the notes at the blog, standupforthetruth.com. Uh, let me go to today's title. I forgot it. Today's title, Kevin Sorbo. Overcoming Cancel Culture and Censorship of Conservative Views. Now, this is really not, when you're talking about masks and the religious freedom, well, okay, there it is. Religious freedom is a conservative view, apparently. Uh, liberals aren't as concerned about it, for, I, I guess. Otherwise, why would they censor truthful information or fair studies? This is a Stanford University. So, anyway, the data does suggest that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of viral and infectious disease such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. Oh, Lord help us, right? And when when we don't want to talk about this, they just shut us down. So there's a table here, and I might have to put this in the post today. No, there's too much already now. All right. There's a table that talks about effects of wearing face masks, um, and it talks about health consequences. So the effects, everything from inflammation to um, immunosuppression to chronic stress condition to mood disturbances to insomnia, um, compromised cognitive performance. There's a lot of effects here from wearing masks. And the health consequences, there's a long list. Headaches, anxiety, depression, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, hypertension, um, exacerbation of existing conditions and diseases, accelerated aging process, health deterioration. Oh, my goodness. So there's this is a table. It's table one. It's in this article. And again, Stanford study results. Look up that at StanfordTheTruth.com. Um, how much time do we have left? Let's go to the next article or next topic now. We have about f- just about five minutes. Someone texted this to me the other day, and it's not surprising, but I want to read this to you. Um, This was someone that apparently, it was a comment about the podcast um, last week with Terry James, and someone sent this to our producer, Travis. Please pray for him. Um, He was in the hospital. He he moved to the ICU uh, yesterday. Today, actually, no, yesterday, I'm sorry, they moved him to the ICU. He's got pancreatitis, so we'll give you an update. That's, uh, man, I love that, that man. He's been such a blessing to me and the staff here. 
um, and Stand Up for the Truth producing. But he texted me this that a listener sent in. The kids have been studying dictatorship in history. Simple, right? So in school. So think, you know, Hitler and Mao and Stalin and whoever else. Dictatorship in history. A student says, I noticed most of all the dictators have been men. (laughs) Oh, boy. Where is this going? Well, you know how the teacher responded? In public schools, government schools, here's how the teacher responded to that. Now, they're studying dictatorship in history in different countries. That's why I'm so glad Kamala Harris is in a place with so much power. Wow. Wow. So this teacher also told this student to be careful wearing an American flag symbol on his mask because you might be associated as a terrorist. This is in your public school, friends. This is in your public school. They're studying other cultures, countries, dictatorships, governments. And uh, someone simply said, I noticed most of all the dictators have been men. Um, The teacher responds, that's why I'm so glad Kamala Harris is in a place with so much power. Careful with that American flag symbol. Not making this up, friends. I wish I was. I really wish I was. Um, You know, if if I read that, to my grandparents or great-grandparents, I think if, if you're over 40 years old, you know you don't have to imagine. You probably have a good idea how they would respond. Um, real quick, Mike Chandron was in town. We interviewed him about two weeks ago, um, proclaiming the gospel ministries, evangelist, apologist, Mike Chandron, and author. He, when he, when he, he left Green Bay, when he went to fly back, on American Airlines, they put him on a no-fly list without any communication, warning, or due process. So he lives in the Dallas area. He flew up to Chicago. Um, and then on the return flight, by the way, he, he says, I wore my mask the entire two-hour flight up here um, except to drink a cup of water 90 minutes into the flight. So he says, when we arrived at the airport to fly back home, I was told that I could no longer fly an American because I violated the face mask mandate on, on their flight. So they were stranded in Green Bay with no advanced warning, and they had to make other plans. So the counter attendant was very sympathetic, noting that he had flown, he was a million miler with American Airlines, and he'd been a loyal customer for 52 years. The guy made several phone calls on behalf of Mike Gendron to the American Airlines management, but they refused to let him fly. So Mike Gendron and his wife had to pay for a hotel and then pay $600 the next day to get another airline to take them back from Green Bay to Dallas. This is amazing. He didn't do anything. And he thought it was clearly a mistake. Uh, It was a mistaken identity. So anyway, they have a, a COVID policy, a mask policy, face mask, and all he did was remove it to drink water. And literally that's all he did. And if you know Mike Gendron, my gosh, what a gentle, uh, humble, and compassionate man. Um, so, yeah, so d- very disappointing in American Airlines for putting him through that. He says, Mike said, it's, an, it's inconceivable that a flight attendant can make a false accusation or misidentify a passenger and have a loyal customer banned from future flights without due process. It's unimaginable. 
um, it's there's a, a flight attendant would have that kind of power. And he said, it's also a travesty of justice that American Airlines refused to give me a copy of the incident report or provide a means of uh, to challenge the false accusations. So he said, buyer beware. Uh, God bless Mike Gendron and all the work he does. Um, really quick, we a couple stories. I won't get to won't be able to get to this one actually. Um, CNN technical director admits what we all knew was true that CNN was what what they were doing throughout Trump's presidency. They were really uh, attacking Trump most of the time, uh, propping up a comatose Joe Biden. Um, and it's sad, but that's what they did. And this CNN guy, director Charlie Chester, admitted admitted that his network engaged in propaganda to benefit Joe Biden's candidacy during the 2020 election. And they put out negative coverage of Trump as much as possible. This was a guy, apparently, that worked at CNN. What was his position again? He was a director there at CNN. So you can find that. Project Veritas um, town hall article. And do I have time for this? No, I don't. We ran out of time. Uh, We'll have to get to this next time over at the Washington Times. They've got a study on media coverage. I know this must mention the Media Research Center on um, coverage on the Biden presidency now versus the Trump presidency. So the first 100 days in office. We'll get to that, God willing, uh, tomorrow. But uh, when we come back, uh, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. So tomorrow, John Leffler, Steel on Steel Radio, joins us. And God willing, Julaine Appling will join us. Wisconsin Family Council, that is on Friday. And Shane Eidelman on Monday. Can't wait to talk to him, pastor in Southern California. Give us a religious freedom update out there. And Q Drive next week. It's our fundraiser. The radio station that powers Stand Up For The Truth is Q90FM.com. So we thank you guys for your prayers for the fundraiser. It's amazing the pre-pledge amounts that are coming in and the people that are pledging from all across the country and especially our local area. So thank you for supporting Stand Up For The Truth and Q90FM. You can check that out on our calendar at StandUpForTheTruth.com. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.